everyone. Hi. And welcome to Teen Spirit, the podcast where we talk about the questionable films that have shaped your youth and our youth, mm-hmm. our collective youths. <laughs> That's right. I've forgotten how to refer to youth because mine is fleeting. So far away. Um, I'm Grant Jacoby. I'm Bailey Bennett. Um, Consider this podcast to be a quiet respite from what is inevitably a coronavirus um, hysteria. Yes. um, Grant immediately washed his hands when he got here. I did. I highly recommend that everyone stop Mm -hmm. what they're doing right now and they wash their hands because, you know what, why not? We should all be probably washing our hands as much as we are now every single day. Oh, yeah. Well, when they're like, you have to wash for at least 20 seconds for it to be effective, I'm like, time. that's crazy to think about because I kind of usually just kind of run a hand under the water. And yeah, just, I just like turn the faucet on, look at it, and mm-hmm. then leave the bathroom with the water running. I have to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> I did see something where it was like, I think it was like 60-something percent of women and 30-something percent of men actually wash their hands after going to the bathroom. <laughs> men should uh, do it more. I literally wash my hands every single time I use the restroom. Great. I didn't realize it was an option. <laughs> That's great to know. <laughs> like, okay, unless like maybe if I'm in, actually no, if I'm like in my own home mm-hmm. and I'm just like lounging about and I pee, like. Yeah, let's be honest. And sometimes you can do it hands-free. Absolutely. I would say I can do it hands-free every time. <laughs> it's kind of like shake dry. <laughs> yes. Um, Get in front of the, one of those, uh. Um, yeah, a hand dryer, but it goes the other way. Yeah, it goes the other way. It's like That's, right yeah, exactly. up the cooch. <laughs> um, Anyways, if this is your first episode, sorry. Uh, hello. And if you've been um, joining us, we are really excited this week to talk about was it two thousand three mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. romantic comedy of epic proportions, mm-hmm. of deceit and of dreams. Uh huh. How to lose a guy in ten days. <laughs> I don't know. What an intro. Wow. Um, I have referred to this film as uh, 10 Things I Hate About You literally every time I've ever referred to it in my life. So They have very similar titles. They have very similar titles. Not not really similar movies. No, quite different. Also in the fact that I think in 10 Things I Hate About You, the title is like cutely referred to in the in like the last seven minutes of the film mm-hmm. whereas in how to lose a guy to 10 days how many times do you think bb new earth says how to lose a guy in 10 days <laughs> i mean drinking game alert that's if you're like bailey and i right now who are sipping on some sensible panda cups of sake yes we are yeah they mm-hmm. truly like let's be clear the cups have no less than five pandas on them each mm-hmm mm-hmm mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this Mm? film because first of all, I think I said last week that I had seen this movie once Same. and I watched it again and I still, I really couldn't tell you if I had ever seen this movie before. I definitely had because I, there are certain scenes I actively remember. Mm -hmm. This is also definitely a film that's probably plays on like TBS like once every is, nine to seven days. Yes, I went back in math. Yes, you did. Um, I, that's what I was kind of wondering is is if there are just some scenes in this that have kind of like permeated culture. Like yeah. have I seen the fern scene or have I just seen a lot of people mm, talk about mm-hmm, the fern, mm-hmm, you know? That's I, fair. I also realized that I was definitely equating it slash just like mixing it with failure to launch which was that other Matthew McConaughey movie. Oh, with Sarah, with Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. Because I was waiting for a boat scene in this movie, and I think that... There was a shot of a ferry. There was. When, when they go to beautiful Staten Island. Sure do. Um, uh, yeah, so I feel like with this film, we, we definitely don't have as much history with it, or mm-hmm. really any history, possibly in my case, um, than we have with a lot of other movies that we talked about. But I think that's kind of... Interesting. Like, yeah, seeing it with like really fresh eyes. This might be the first one we were talking about that, I guess, The Craft, uh-huh. which we did watch. Uh huh. <laughs> which, okay, Grant, do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, I, I, I hate to be petty, but because we honestly like do love critiques, and like mm-hmm. if you have anything to say about us that you would like to see us improve on or things we can work on, mm-hmm. we're all ears. Yes. There's just this really, really funny review that was left of us. That was, it was specifically in relationship to the episode on the craft. Yeah. About how someone was like, they clearly did not watch the movie, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, just, like, insulting us and being like, 
Yeah. <laughs> saying that we're like a bunch of dumb dumbs and we're like, how Being we like use your heads. Yeah. Like if you're going to do a movie podcast, like <laughs> actually watch the movie. It's like, well, we watched it. Yes. It's, we just didn't love it. And maybe, maybe we messed up a couple of like minute details. Cause I sure. w- might've been paying super close attention. Cause I was bored. But. Yeah, Grant did not like the movie more than I did. Speaking of messing up, though, I will say that I do have a correction from oh. um, our podcast on The Notebook, and that is that our, I'm... Our full eight-part series podcast on The Notebook. Absolutely. This is fully my fault, but I was referring to um, the actress who plays older Allie as Gina Reynolds the entire time, and you kind of just hopped on board. I did. And her name is Gina Rowlands. Whoops. So, and she is a very talented, Mm -hmm. beautiful person, and we should uh, say her name correctly. Yeah, whoops, sorry. Thank you to the listener who pointed that out to us. And sorry to uh, Chris Pine. (laughs) Again, (laughs) my sincerest apologies to Chris Pine. Um, Anyways. How to lose a guy in 10 days. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. So, So, I wanted to start this off a little bit differently this week because... Well, in thinking about a movie like this where I was like, I didn't really have any perception of it Mm -hmm. when it actually came out. And Mm -hmm. we're often, we're looking at movies from a very modern lens and probably critiquing them more harshly than we would have if we had seen them at the time. Obviously, kind of the whole premise of the podcast. (laughs) But um, I thought it could be interesting to look a little bit more closely at like what the public perception of the film was at the time. nice. Just to see like how it was perceived when it actually came out. Not that that should color our... Well, it was a huge hit. It was a big hit. So this is, so this is, I'm going to try to do this for all the movies going forward, which is to give you the budget, give you the box office and give you you the IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Because (gasps) I actually think that the, the, it's like a, a little bit of a comprehensive look. Could we, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so proud. Great. So yeah. So the budget for this film was 50 million, which is. Wow. Five zero. 50 million, which is high for a rom-com. I would Where say. did that budget go to? Just like paying the actors? I, well, I we I mean I'm shooting sure, on location, right? I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but like, like we're, shooting on the Brooklyn we're, Bridge. Ma- true, were Matthew McConaughey and and Kate Hudson like big at the time? I think this kind of was. They were both around. Well, Kate Hudson had already done Almost Famous, mm-hmm. so she was an Oscar nominated actress. Matthew McConaughey, I don't think was like. They both were around, right? But I kind of think of like this as being their big thing. Yeah. I mean, he he. We'll talk more later about the trajectory of their careers. But mm-hmm. wow, it's not like there was a lot of special effects in this film. No. Um. But so with the with a budget that high, you you have to really make some money to make mm-hmm. that back. So it did end up making 177 million internationally at the box office, which is very good. Um. It's it did receive kind of mixed reviews. At the time, which I think is very fair. Yeah. Um, the IMDb score is currently 6.4 out of 10, which is like pretty yeah, much moderate. exactly where I would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Rotten Tomato score is kind of interesting because the critic score is 42%, but the audience score is 77%. That also checks out. Which I think really reads mm-hmm. for a movie like this because it is very cute. It is like kind of a new take on a rom-com but i can also see critics just really like not taking much stock in it at all and not kind of not taking it very seriously um i mean before i get into the summary what are what were your like initial thoughts upon reviewing this movie you know when you go to someone's house and Mm -hmm. they offer you something to drink yep and you're like sure I'll, i'll have a water and like you what all you want is like like a nice like ice cold glass of water. Yeah. And they hand you like a bottle of water that's been like sitting in the pantry. Uh-huh. And it like quenches your thirst, but mm-hmm. you're also kind of like, oh. Okay. That's how you felt about this. That's how I felt about it. Okay. I feel I feel pretty on board with that. I th- I would say all in all, I had a pretty fun time watching this. I think there's a lot actually to discuss. There's a lot to discuss. So, I'll I'll get into the I'll get into the summary so that we can do this. Um So Andy Anderson, who is played by Kate Hudson, is a writer for the woman's magazine Composure, of course, um, immediately giving me 13 going. I know. I literally was like, is Composure like rivals with poise? Yeah. I was like, why are all of these women's magazines about like holding your body correctly? I 
anyway. Early 2000s. Yes. So Kate Hudson, she writes for Composure, and she specializes in a how-to column for the modern woman. However, she does not feel fulfilled by her work, and she wishes she could use her master's degree in journalism to write about much more serious topics, such as politics, <laughs> economics, religion, poverty, etc. She truly just kind of throws out some words. Yeah, a lot like, of buzzwords that she's like, ugh, like, if anything. <laughs> like, for this fashion magazine, please let me write about, like, apartheid. Yes. <laughs> so, um, after one of Andy's best friends, Michelle, who is played by Catherine Hahn, like, blessedly. Yeah. Absolutely love her. Um, experiences yet another breakup. Andy is inspired to write a new article for her column titled how to lose a guy in 10 days. She's going to start dating a guy and uh, try to drive him away using quote unquote classic mistakes that women make in relationships. And she's trying to lose him obviously by the, by she's trying to date him and lose him by the end of this 10 day period. Why? Yeah. It's a little convoluted. Um, (laughs) I would say I've actually never dedicated so much time and energy to my work. Um, so, especially when it like involves your personal life. Absolutely. I mean, it <laughs> feels a little bit like shitting where you eat, but uh-huh. um, I also eat it in bed a lot. I thought you were going to say I also eat on the toilet a lot. So, I haven't done that yet, but you know what? There's time, babe. There's a lot of time. Get me a so. tray table and <laughs> a fuzzy toilet seat cover and Squatty you know what? Squatty potty. I already have one of those. All right, this is... will change your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Andy's boss loves the idea, and Andy sees this as a way to impress her boss so that she can... Play by B.B. Newworth. Sorry. Yes, she is. Um, eventually, so that so Andy can eventually kind of shift her writing perspective, and she thinks that she's going to be able to impress her enough to like be able to write about whatever she wants. I. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. No, it's fine. At the same time, advertising executive Ben Barry, played by Matthew McConaughey, can we talk about these names for a hot second? As after Andy like, Anderson and Ben Barry, like it, it's like they just were really into some alliteration. They there. loved the alphabet, specifically <laughs> those first two letters. It's it honestly sounds like the names in like a children's book where they're going to in, they're going to introduce characters with every letter of of the alphabet. Truly, as their names. I was just mostly disappointed that her name was not Annie Anderson, the name of a friend of mine from <laughs> yes, our college, someone we physically know. Because um, they also would only refer to her as Andy Anderson. Like, it had to be a full name. Right. Oh, yes. Uh, so, but Ben Barry, obviously played by Matthew McConaughey. So he's trying to get a pitch to advertise for this new diamond campaign. But he's losing the business to these two bad, mean ladies named Judy Spears and Judy Green. A couple fucking Judys. <laughs> who are uh, played by a woman named Michael Michelle. Mm-hmm. And, of ER fame. Yes. And Shalom Harlow. Um, cause he works with these women and shockingly, they actually also want to advance their careers and mm-hmm. they shouldn't be allowed to do that. So when, when Ben's boss questions his knowledge about romance in relation to the diamond campaign, um, Ben bets that he could make any woman fall in love with him if he wanted to. His boss accepts the bet and confirms that if he can make a woman fall in love with him before the upcoming Diamond Ball in 10 days' time, he'll allow Ben to head the advertising for the new Diamond Company. Again, like, the setup of this movie... is It's exhausting. Absolutely. I, I was fully watching it, and I just uh-huh. kept being like, wait... I, I was ex- <laughs> for, I, I was like disappointed in myself about how confused I was for the first 20 minutes of this movie. I was like, Bailey, get it together. Like, this is like rom-com. You could do this. Yeah, it was, it is a very um, simultaneously like very detail oriented mm-hmm. and also very like esoteric of like, how, like, yes, what, what is it to be a diamond? Like, what is it to wear a diamond? Yes. If you go frost yourself. Like, I'm like, oh, The Lord. worst campaign slogan I've truly ever heard in my life. Jesus. But we'll, we'll get more into this. So uh, Ben's rival coworkers, the Judies, happen to know about Andy's assignment, and they choose her as the girl that he has to get to fall in love with him. So the whole thing is that he's trying to get this woman to fall in love with him, and she's trying to get this guy to not fall in love with her. Which, like, so, uh, 
Well, I, I want to talk about this more later. Sorry. But no, it's fine. So Ben and Andy meet, and they soon start both of their quests, um, neither revealing to the other one their true intentions. At first, they seem naturally pretty into each other, but Andy soon starts to work really hard to drive Ben insane and make him break up with her in order to complete her article. Ben continues to stick around in hopes of making her fall in love with him so that he can get this business. Andy's actions get progressively more ridiculous as she can't seem to shake him. She buys them a dog. She redecorates his apartment. He makes herself, she makes herself a key to the apartment. She creates composite photos of what their children would look like and puts them in a photo album. She cries at every chance that she gets. Just, you know, the stuff, quote unquote, crazy girlfriends would do. And we didn't even touch upon the love fern, so. Mm -mm. Ben stays with her in spite of all of this because of his challenge, but things come to a head when she breaks up a a boy's poker night, um, a true nightmare. Um, (laughs) His apartment is a dungeon, I'll also say. I was so confused about what the actual layout of that. Mm -hmm. As soon as he was like, she was like, where's the bathroom? He was like, through the bedroom. I was like, where are we? Yes. Why were all the walls like navy? It was... Yet also brick. Uh, yes, exactly. And there were a lot of blinds. <laughs> That's because, you know, there weren't any actual windows in that apartment. It was like true. <laughs> on a soundstage somewhere. Okay. So while they almost break up because of the poker night incident, Ben convinces her to go to couples therapy. As one does after you date for six days. Of course. Um, which is unknowingly being moderated by Andy's friend, Michelle. Um, which is an incredible scene, mm-hmm. I must say. Michelle encourages them to go to Staten Island to meet his family, and they do. It's here, though, that they both start to let their true feelings show through rather than focusing on their quests, and it's clear they're developing feelings for one another. Ugh. And what also was a quite emotional scene of, of her learning to ride that motorcycle while Keith Urban's Love Somebody Like You was playing, I actually mm-hmm. really felt that. I've never enjoyed Staten Island more mm-hmm. than watching this movie, I will say. Mm-hmm. Like, the scenes with his family are so sweet. Really like, sweet. We actually see them like be normal people, and actually in a really in a kind of an unconventional way. Like I feel like you automatically think he's going to be like some kind of like rich brat, and then he mm-hmm. just kind of got this job through mm-hmm. nepotism or whatever it is, and you'd find out like he comes from a really humble kind of upbringing. Anyway, um, back in New York, Ben takes Andy to the Diamond Ball, and his boss is soon able <laughs> to suss out that Andy actually has fallen in love with him. Before Ben can reveal his feelings to her, though, both of their games are revealed. Ben, ben finds out about the article from Andy's boss, and Andy finds out about the bet from Ben's coworkers. They storm out after a terrible duet of You're So Vain, both crushed by the other one's betrayal. Quite hypocritically, I'll say, as yep. they were literally doing exactly the same thing to this, one another. Yeah, this is where I started to get angry. <laughs> um Andy is inspired to write her article from the heart and explains that she ended up losing the only guy she actually ever wanted. She quits her job and leaves for Washington for a job interview. Because there are no she said that's good the, writing that's jobs the only place she can go to yeah. do the writing she wants to do. You gotta. Because it's almost like, you know, like at the New York Times. Can she write about politics at the New York Times? No way. Or literally yeah, any sort of <laughs> literally, like, absolutely anywhere. Yeah, actually, in New York, we only print fluff. And if you want to have anything to read, if you have an actual IQ, you have to be in DC. Absolutely. But luckily, Ben rushes after her after reading her article, and he's able to stop her from going to that job interview. Um, they reunite and kiss on was that the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge? Like I just assumed it was the Brooklyn Bridge, but yeah, you to be fair, there. are well, if she's, uh, several she's coming from Manhattan, she's going to... She must. I was just assuming she was going to JFK. But is she going to the airport? We, who, who's, who's That's a really say? good point. Yeah, if you were coming from Manhattan... She must have been going to the airport, otherwise she would have just taken that, the train. I know, but that's a terrible way to get to the airport. So right. <laughs> You'd actually over like the Whitestone <laughs> Bridge through Queens, because that's where the airports are. Yes. Um, they reunite and they kiss, finally revealing that they'd fallen in love with... <laughs> What? They'd fallen in love with one another through it all. Uh, Where to even begin with this? Ooh, um, I mean, we have our we have our classic categories, but mm-hmm. I feel like before we even get into like the cast of this movie, I think what needs to be discussed is this convoluted premise. 
because the this, most unnecessarily convoluted premise of a film I've seen in recent memory. But I would also say the only reason that this film exists is because someone came up with the idea to do a premise like this. Well, it's based off a book. It is? Yeah. Why don't I research anything? <laughs> I, did I follow up on anything more okay. than that it was based on a book? No. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, to take it at face value, it's so, it doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, for two reasons. One, if Ben Barry really wanted to win this bet. Yes. Literally, all he had to do was, like, find a girl and be like, hey, in 10 days' time, can you pretend to be in love with me so I can win this bet? I'll buy you dinner and, like, whatever. Well, I think they try to combat that by, like, when the boss does talk to Andy at the end, he's like, are you in love with him? And And she says, she says no, but he, like, can see it in her eyes that she really is. But what's the other reason? Well, the fact that, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I'm mm-hmm. like, obviously, I'm all for women and like, fuck men. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. But but the whole time I was watching this, I was like, imagine if he wasn't pulling this yes. trick on her and she's just like fucking with him yes. for literally no reason. Like you could have, she easily could have written that article mm-hmm. just by interviewing women yep. who have gone through bad breakups and being like, okay, like what went wrong? Yeah. Was it him? Was it you? Uh-huh. And things of that sort. Like the concept of the article makes literally no sense. And she kept being like proud of like how awful she was mm-hmm. and it's like maybe like really like i don't know i said at some point i was like i'm just like not rooting for either of you at this point yeah i think that's a great point i think what what's interesting to me is that we've talked on this podcast already i feel like many times because about this kind of <laughs> we have talked on this podcast <laughs> many times we've talked many times mm. um we've talked about this kind of like film hinging on a bet premise oh yeah which was Classic. for some reason so popular around like the 90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s but usually it's a one-way bet exactly so and and it's you and i feel like it's usually at the expense of the woman it's yes. usually like a, yes. a man has some sort of bet in which he has to win this woman over and then she eventually finds out about it but they've already fell, fallen in love so she mm-hmm. just kind of immediately forgives him mm-hmm. and it sucks like i don't like no me neither. i don't like it at all but i i think there is something interesting about turning it on its head a bit and not just having it be like, oh, the woman's gaming the man this time. It's like, no, they're gaming each other. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for that. I think, like I said, I think that's the, the reason why this story exists is because that premise was interesting yeah. enough to draw people in. No, you're you're totally right. And I guess it's it's nice to see her have the upper hand a lot more just because of all of these other movies where women generally don't. That's really fair. But I, th- I think you're totally right that she also is <laughs> like, it's fucked up what she's doing. It's fucked up what they're both doing. But I think, I think what the movie was trying to do was like, you kind of see in the beginning how her friend has been really hurt by dating men. And like, I think it's, it's trying to like, subvert your expectations. Yeah. I was also really confused about that, how the story kind of hinges on that aspect because Mm -hmm. the way that Michelle describes how that relationship fell apart Mm -hmm. seemed like was entirely like her being a little cuckoo. Mm -hmm. But then he like shows up again later and like wants to date her again. It's very confusing. Well, I think the movie is trying to be like, oh, it's fine if you do all these crazy things, like you can still find love or or something, but Andy is truly making a fool of herself for the entire movie. The entire movie and like not in a, f- I guess like I wanted some, I don't, I don't even have like a good example of how to fix it. Right. But she was just like playing up the like, I'm a little baby. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's just like weird. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's very, I do think it's funny at times. I think like she is incredible at she, playing she a quote unquote crazy girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. I was definitely laughing at certain points, but it was just getting worse and worse and worse of just like, how is it possible that these two people would actually fall in love with each other through all mm-hmm. of this? And I was waiting for there to be like a real turning point. And like, obviously that happens in Staten Island, but yeah. like what changed I think that what I interpret is that their first night together, they actually had a good time. Yes. And so because it was such a short period of time, I Mm -hmm. think he, 
I think that what he said that t- in the elevator was he was like, where did that like fun, like cool girl go? Mm-hmm. Like, I want her back. Right. And I think that that maybe him saying that made her realize like, oh shit, like did I actually have the connection with this guy? And I'm like actually kind of fucking this up. So I think then when they go to Staten Island, it's kind of like, Ew. well, and yeah. And, and you get, you see that moment where, well, obviously she's connecting with his family and she's and seeing like the bathroom. Yes. She's seeing the kind of, his his background and then he seems to be kind of like this gr- really grounded guy which mm-hmm. i don't think that she realized but it is like kind of the moment where his mom says like he's never brought a girl home before like don't break his heart um is i think what what kind of does it for her right but should we get into our report card yeah, let's talk about the cast so for me i think that this this cast is full of people that you're like, oh, that person. Mm-hmm. But you don't know their name or like what else they've yeah. been. It's, it's a good cast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun seeing. I mean, B.B. Newirth is always great. Catherine Hahn is always great. Yes. I don't have like a huge attachment to Kate Hudson nor Matthew McConaughey. So like, yeah, I think of them in movies like this. So it's kind of like, yep, that's right. See, I think of Matthew McConaughey in like True Detective. Well, yes, his career is... Yeah, his career is really blossomed, I would say. I don't really know what Kate is doing now. Fabletics. Right. We'll talk about that more. Of later. course. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have much of a relationship with her. I actually thought, thought... I found myself liking them both more than I thought I would, which I feel like is not really what happened for you. No, they're... they're Well, as people, I yeah. think they're both likable, and I think that in lesser hands, this movie could have been excruciating. Mm-hmm. And she's... I mean, they're both... Very beautiful people. Yes. Uh, Matthew McConaughey kind of not wearing a shirt in his workplace uh, a little too often, I'll say. Um, But Kate looking stunning. I love how they have, um, we can talk about this more in fashion, but they have this clear thing with her where it's like when her hair is straightened. I literally was waiting (laughs) for you to bring this up. Is when when she's being like her career self. And then like when she's being her real self, like she lets her hair be curly. I think honestly they were like, because she has naturally curly hair, I think they're like, Kate, like, we need to make you look, like, mm-hmm. different. But I think her hair is gorgeous. I love her naturally curly hair. Me too. Oh, I'm, well, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. Right. I mean, she looks great in this whole movie. But. Um, yeah, I'd say it's a good cast. No one, there's, what's what it's missing is, like, it's kind of like the two leads and then everyone else is kind of on the even. Well, I think le- Catherine Hahn is a real for me, a really important addition. Well, yeah, that's a nice gem. That's nice. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that she was actually in this movie mm-hmm. moment. I was more so saying that like in terms of the hierarchy of the film, mm-hmm. it's like two leads, everyone else. That's true. I do need to confess to you that from like the first frame of this movie where you see uh, Andy in her workplace with her like coworker friend whose name is Jeannie, I think, uh-huh. I was convinced that that woman was Jenny Calendar from Buffy. I totally see it. It's don't not, you see it? I, I mean, like I realized it, it um, pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, Annie Paris mm-hmm. who's who, in like Friends from College. Is that I know. Yeah, I know her. I know her from that kind of bad Kevin Bacon show, The Following. Okay. About Edgar Allan Poe esque serial killer. Sure. She's very good in it. She yeah, dies she's, in the first she, season. She's good. Yeah, she she's very good. She looks. Similar to a character from Buffy who does unfortunately die earlier on in the series. I don't think that, oh, can I pull her, that actress's name out of my ass? Nope. Nope. It's like, Lam- last name is like Lamort. I, I, I don't think she's been in anything since like yeah, 2004. I truly, so. I don't know, so, well, I mean, though, it could have been. Would have been a treat for me, but. I'd give this cast a B slash B plus. I was going to say B. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's fun, but it's nothing like, wow. Like, you mm-hmm. don't even like. Do you think they have good chemistry? It's hard. It's like so hard to tell because they spend so little of the movie actually liking I know. each other. <laughs> like I, I wanted like I wanted them to get to back, get together at the end, but it wasn't like that feeling that you sometimes get when you watch a movie like this, mm-hmm. where you're like, "Fuck!" Just like, come on. Well, especially because I'm realizing this was more of a trope than I realize is that for being a two-hour film, it ends kind of abruptly. It is a very long. Film. It's a real long movie. They reunite on the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever bridge. Yes. They like kiss and then it's like credits roll. And I yes. was like, wait, what? 
yeah. expected at least like I don't know what I was expecting, but something else. They literally spent like like nine like eighty percent of the movie was yeah them Kate Hudson each other. being yeah. crazy crazy yeah. and Matthew McConaughey just being like what do I They'd do? Being like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I think he. I think there's a nice moment at the ball like dinner party whatever thing where he realizes that she has had feelings for him this whole time and he's like he's and like, then he just like we- she weirdly gets like wasted to go- embarrass him i yeah <laughs> i take a lot of umbrage with that scene actually yeah i got really really annoyed when they kind of confront each other mm-hmm. about it and it's like you both are in the wrong yeah two wrongs don't make a right right i yeah. just was like who am i rooting for here but i also can't picture them like it's not a movie if they both find out about the other one and they just like laugh it off and like of course are not. in love. But the diff, I think the issue I had was that she was so much more mad at him, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You were doing the same thing." Yeah. And then suddenly, the next thing you know, it's like she's writing this like tell article about how much she actually loved him. It's yeah. like, wait, when did you stop being mad? <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, there was not even one like sensible moment of her like sitting near like a window while it was raining and her like with like a pen in her <laughs> mouth being like. Well, no, there's the moment where she's with Michelle in her apartment and her boyfriend comes back. Yeah, but that was not enough. (laughs) Not, not, not enough. Yeah, I'm not sure what the... Because the whole time I was like, what is happening? Yeah, no, that's Who's this man? (laughs) Well, I think, okay, so this gets into our representation of women discussion a little bit, which is like, I don't even know how we would cover it all because, again, you can look at this from so many different angles, many of which are not favorable, some of which I feel are. Um, Kind of all cancels each other out, honestly, in my opinion. I feel that. So, well, what I like is, similar to what we talked about with 13 Going on 30, is that it's a very career-focused movie. And you really see, you see women in the workplace (laughs) <laughs> there are like there are like it's almost an entirely um female like when she, when they have like a that meeting in uh bb's office mm-hmm. it's entirely women and yeah. one gay man sorry the only reason i'm laughing is because it sucks that like that is a concept like yes. women in the workplace is like a rarity well that it it doesn't it like it really doesn't happen in rom-coms like this movie actually passes the Bechdel test because these women talk about work sometimes well especially the Judy's it's like yes are competing with the man but Mm -hmm. they're competing with the man for yes a campaign well okay so I'll get to that in a second one thing that bothers me (laughs) is I feel like there's this there's like this trope especially in the early 2000s where it's like if a woman has a job in a film or a tv show she has to write for a magazine. Like, they can't mm. think of anything else for her to do. And she has to be kind of a bitch. Yes. And it's like, okay, so you you do see them, like, talking about work sometimes, and you see that you see that Kate Hudson or Andy has all these career aspirations. But as we were kind of making fun of before, they are the literal most generic career aspirations you could ever have of her truly just spouting out any words of, like, politics, economics, poverty like any (laughs) (laughs) the thing that i kept like kind of screaming at my tv was like you are writing for a fashion magazine Mm -hmm. which is great good for you fine yeah what were you expecting that they were going to suddenly be like you did you did that great column great write about politics right no where it's like okay so maybe okay go somewhere else go some go somewhere else or like Find a way in that's still, like, related to what this magazine is about. Like, write about body image issues. Like, write about, like, depression, like, seasonal yeah. depression, postpartum write, depression. Like, write about women's issues that are more serious than, like, what shade of lip gloss matches right. my Lisa Frank backpack. Because like, it does, there is the implication of, like, if I'm writing for a women's magazine about women's issues that women are going to read, then it's not, like serious journalism like it can only be serious mm. journalism if i'm like in this boy's world of politics and now that economics. is such an interesting point thank you <laughs> i like that Brianna. yeah it pissed me off and i just yeah yeah but, i was just not i don't know well then on the other side of it like you were saying with the judies you again see two women who obviously are you have these career aspirations, want to move up in the workplace. But I feel like you're meant to like sympathize with Matthew McConaughey because he's like not getting the diamond business and they're like giving it to these two girls. And the boss agrees to the idea that if this man 
tricks a woman into falling in love with him, then he can have the account. Yeah, it's really problematic. It's like those two women that witnessed oops, those two women that witnessed that exchange go down should actually um, file a sexual harassment lawsuit against mm-hmm. their employer because it's like there he's literally giving a job to a man over these two women because he was able to deceive a woman into loving mm-hmm. him. But they're like weirdly okay with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're on, buddy. Well, they're like, they at least are like, okay, well, like two can play at that game. Then like try to get this woman to fall in love with you. But they're the villains. Oh, of course. Why Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> why wouldn't the like the one person of color in this movie be the villain? <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of which. Speaking we, of which. Um, yeah, not, not a whole lot going on. There's a one token gay man, mm-hmm. very briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Michelle's character, Judy Spears. Mm-hmm. There is, they have one coworker who appears to be of Asian descent, and she is very eager to write a lot of articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, think some, that's really about that's it. That's about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that we can't even like really name most of the characters, it's not mm-hmm. a great sign. Yeah, again, you're right. They, the, <sighs> One person of color who has any lines is vil- villainized, mm-hmm. along with the, the other woman who is her coworker, the other Judy. And we're supposed to root for like the straight white man hero, Classic. and like thank God he got this diamond business, and now he gets to. I use mean, go the frost phrase, yourself. Go frost yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's gonna start telling more people like, "Hey, you go frost yourself." <laughs> um, and then yeah, there's. Yeah, no big old D. Yeah, oh, yeah. The di- D for diversity. I mean, even like if it even, I don't even see how it gets a D. I think it gets like an F, basically. Um, I was being kind because they actually employed some, some people did. got paid <laughs> to be some to be tokenized. They did. They did employ someone. Um, well, okay. So if we get into the fashion a little bit, I think what I want to say is that okay. Do you feel like? This movie feels more modern than a movie that came out in 2003. I agree. I've found myself really disappointed in how boring the fashion was. Mm -hmm. Specifically because a lot of the characters work for a magazine that seems to delve into fashion. Mm -hmm. There was like one chopstick Uh in a bun moment. Right. But like the the yellow dress that Andy pulls out is like still really cute. I mean stunning. I think she's a better hair. The hair actually. Needs the hair some is an issue TLC. because it's like, it's like she needs to get like some frizzies. Is the thing. Well, it's like this like low messy bun mm-hmm. where it's like, um, mm-hmm. we're not going to like equinox, mm-hmm. but also like you do you. Yeah, I think she looks stunning in that. I mean, I she's she, gorgeous. She's yes, she wears a lot of like sundresses and a lot and, of like, sundresses, like little spaghetti strap Easter Sunday moments. She kind of, like, looks good in everything that she puts on. Yeah. So I think she made the clothes look better than they were. But why does this feel like... I think the fa- I think it is one of those cases of, like, them making a concerted effort to not dive into the trends of the day as much because it makes the fashion feel more timeless when you, like, are going back to watch the film again. That's, like... Which would be so smart. <laughs> well, that's, that's like, a whole, the whole thing they, they've said was the strategy behind, um, like, the costuming in Friends, which, like, I don't think is <laughs> always the case. What? But there's, there are definitely... There are far too many bucket hats. Absolutely. And long skirts in Friends Phoebe, to be, okay. Phoebe yeah, aside, yeah. Monica and Rachel are, like, always kind of just wearing, like, I've a small white t-shirt without a bra on and like jeans or like sweaters that show midriff. Yes. Okay. Maybe I'm, yeah, I don't know where you're going with this because I, <laughs> I could not disagree more, but I, I understand you tried your best Okay. You for your point. All right. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably right. I just, I do not watch friends enough to No, That's fair. I have seen every single episode. <laughs> not okay, by so, choice. So you do. Um, Not by choice. Okay. I mean, I don't want to get into this too much more because we have been chatting for a while, but I think you're right when you said earlier uh, that this movie does a lot of like canceling itself out because Mm -hmm. I think that it takes some steps forward Mm -hmm. in the representation of women in some ways um, 
in the way that it kind of subverts this hinging on a bet trope. Because um, like I was saying, I think I think it thinks it's a movie that's it's saying like, OK, here's all these dating tropes. Here's all these things that women shouldn't do mm-hmm. because it'll drive a man away. And I think the film thinks that it's subverting those things and being like, oh, these two like fell in love anyway or like he was able to see past all those crazy things yeah. or like isn't it just so funny how crazy she's being but like you were saying if he hadn't had this counter bet mm-hmm. it truly would have just been like what the fuck is this woman doing like why is she making she is making a fool of herself for the entire movie and at mm-hmm. least she, it feels like she has the upper hand she's relishing in doing it but if you're thinking which it is, from- yeah, which is what made me kind of almost uncomfortable is right. I was like, girl, like it'd be one thing if she was like, she had like, a, like some fun and it was like, okay. And then be like, damn, like, mm-hmm. I think she should have had a realization earlier. Like mm-hmm. maybe gone to her boss and been like, I can't do this. And her boss being like, no, you literally have to, right. your job hinges on this. And her being like, fuck, I gotta like, right. She's really into my it. boots and right away and uh, just do it. Yeah, and I think I think it has something to do with like her just enjoying the fact that she gets to like do whatever she wants and not have to worry about any of the rules. But I think what would have what sh- what it should have been was like she should have written an article where she was like, "I'm not going to follow any of the rules about what anyone says mm. about like what is n- Ooh, is and isn't yeah. okay in dating. Like I'm not going to wait, you know, three days before I call. Like yep. I'm not going to like I'm going to we're going to go on three dates in a row and like mm-hmm. what, like we're going to sleep together on the first night. Like whatever it is, like just like not following any of the rules. Like I like that so much more. Something like that, which I feel like is what it was kind of trying to do. And also they didn't establish any sort of history from her perspective of either actually from her or Matthew McConaughey's character's perspective of Mm -hmm. their dating history. So it's kind of like, have you been burned by men before? And you're like, because I feel like she's like standing up for her friend, which is Mm -hmm. like great. Right. So that that other character doesn't write an article about her. It was just like. If she had, if we had seen a scene at the beginning where where someone or like a guy breaks up with her because like she like says, I love you. And like, she cares about him too much. And he like calls her crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, it like, she gets, she like, is kind of almost seeking revenge on the fact that that, like, so much more sense. She's like, I'm just out here wearing my heart on my sleeve. Like I'm just being sincere. And men are like telling me that I'm crazy for doing that. Like I'm going to show them. Mm -hmm. But. That's not really what happens. I mean, I think that's what they're kind of trying to do with the Michelle character, but it's also just like Andy and Jeannie making fun of Michelle for being crazy. So. Yeah, it's, it's flawed. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that I, yes, I understand why people like it and I, and it makes her really pleasant watch. It's more comedic than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And as I have said, and you have counter said that it does it's problematic elements do cancel it, it, each other out. Mm-hmm. It's like left me with this, like just like I, I was craving more. Mm-hmm. I was craving like a little bit more depth, a little bit more, which is crazy because it's two full hours long and it's a rom-com. But that's the thing. It's, it's almost like not to be analogy central, but it was kind of like eating a bunch of candy and you're like, I'm full, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's you know what it's fair and that's fine. Um, and it was interesting because I watched it with my significant other who he said he was like uh, I was like I was paying on it's like oh you love this movie right and he's like he's like yeah like I like it and he's mm-hmm. like I've seen it like a hundred times and that's I was crazy. and at a certain point I was like what do you mean you've seen a hundred times like what did I miss and he was like it's just always on TV mm-hmm. and it made me realize like okay like it's a it's that kind of movie yeah yeah it's not one that people are like. Oh my god! It's not like the Notebook. It's not mm-hmm. like right. He's like sweeping romantic comedies, nor something like a Mean Girls or Bridesmaids, where people are like, oh my god, this like makes you fall on the floor laughing. Like right. it's hysterical. Right. It's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of there, and yeah. it's not super offensive. How many fucking Literally. people live here? <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to record this podcast in my home. I live with three other people. And how many times has the door opened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can hear it. It's been nonstop. Nonstop. We are recording this in a speakeasy brothel. 
all right, why don't we do some where are they now to, just to Love finish to. this out? Yeah, let me describe it. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to figure out which mm-hmm. folks we should talk about. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the behind the scenes team. So the film was written, so as I mentioned, was adapted from a book, mm-hmm. which was written by... Uh, Michelle Alexander and Jeannie Long. The screenplay was written by Kristen Buckley, Brian Regan, and Burr Steers. Okay. Um, Kristen Buckley doesn't seem like she's done a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, at all since it. This was kind of her last writing credit. She has a bunch of things in development, which like... Interesting. Okay, like, good for you. Um, very similar with Brian Regan. However, um, Burr Steers has worked... Uh, has written films... Hmm. Such as the classic, uh, actually doubly classic Zac Efron films, 17 Again and Charlie St. Cloud. Oh. And wrote and directed Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh. Okay. Um, Director uh, Donald Petrie Mm -hmm. um, directed the final film of Gene Hackman's career, Welcome to Mooseport. Of course. As well as the Lindsay Lohan classic, Just My Luck. And recently has been directed a lot of episodes of Dick Wolf's like Chicago Oh. PD, Chicago Med, Chicago All right. Butthole, whatever. Sure. Um, as for the cast, so Kate Hudson has had a really, like, interesting career. Yeah. And that this kind of, like, was her big break and yet kind of her last hit. Yeah, like, this was her peak. <laughs> yeah, like, like... Yeah. Because, so she's done a bunch of rom-coms, mm-hmm. which I remember coming out, like, Alex and Emma, La Divorce, Raising Helen, Brides Wards, and sorry, Bride Wars mm-hmm. and Fool's Gold, also starring Matthew McConaughey. I looked up, they all flopped. I was going to say, I don't remember literally any of those. I remember movies. I remember them com- like seeing commercials. For I them, saw Bride's like, Bride Wars, I think, because I think it came around, it came out around the same time as Bridesmaids. People like maybe thought it was going to be good because of that. Yeah, I it was like 2009. It's okay. so two years before Bridesmaids. So no, you're okay. wrong. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> it's it's her and Anna Hathaway. It's Anna. <laughs> did I say Anna? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Um, so yeah, that didn't really take off. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also dabbled in some media where she sings, such as the film Nine, based on the musical Nine. Oh my god! And a little um, arc on Glee. Oh, wow. They must have really loved that performance of You're So Vain. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> when they literally were like, um, like, she's tone deaf. I was like, <laughs> and she's going to go and star in some episodes of Glee. <laughs> and But more recently, she's she's still acting. She's still around, but she's mostly dedicated to her athleisure line called Fabletics. Yes. And she's so, very dedicated to yeah, that. Yeah, good for you, girl. And I did sign up for that at one point and then I immediately was like... Did you really? It's like very convoluted. It's like you you have to like sign up for it and then you have to like pick like three outfits at a time and it's like a subscription service. Nope. For, I'm like, I don't need that many. Like, no, thank I you. have just like the two sports bras. <laughs> yeah, all good. Um, as for Matthew McConaughey, he's also had a very storied yes. cast of rom-coms such as Failure to Launch, mm-hmm. Fool's Gold as well with... Um, Kate Hudson, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Mm. But then more recently, or at least subsequently, he delved into more independent films or kind of s- supporting roles in blockbuster films such as Mud, uh, mm. Magic Mike, Dallas Buyers Club, for which he won the Academy Award, mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street, True Detective, and Interstellar. Yeah. But also, like, hasn't really done anything since, like, 2014. Like, he has, but yeah. I think he, how I, do we gauge that? Yeah, I do. I feel like his career really, really took a turn and he started getting more serious roles. Definitely. I think he's a really, I think he's a really talented actor. I, I like Matthew McConaughey. I do. T- I do as well. Can I spell his last name? I uh, mean, not on my life. Yeah. Like gun to my head. Like I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just because mm-hmm. let's talk about Catherine Hahn a little bit, yeah, let's please. which is that she's had, she's had a very storied career, like a lot of credits, but a lot of it's been on TV. I didn't realize that she was a series regular on Crossing Jordan. Absolutely she was. Did you watch that show? I was obsessed with that show. Shut the fuck up. Love Crossing Jordan. That is a show that I remember. So I used to love watching like Cold Case and like CSI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they always had commercials for Crossing Jordan. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it's about. I know it's Jill Hennessy. Mm-hmm. She's a morgue. 
She, she works in the morgue? Yeah. Does she have powers? I can't, no, she doesn't have powers. Oh, it's just like a procedural? Yeah. Okay. I can't really remember anymore, but I was obsessed with it when I was in like, truly like, f- like freshman year of high school. Yeah, like circa like when Patricia Arquette was seeing ghosts on CBS. <laughs> exactly. Um, but she's gone on to critically claimed roles in Parks and Rec, Transparent, and most recently Mrs. Fletcher, mm-hmm. as well as uh, big screen roles in The Visit and Bad Moms. Yes. She I just feel like she's she is such like an underrated comedian. She's actress. great. She's she great. is so funny in everything she's in and like she never really gets like the truly the starring role until like Mrs. Fletcher, I which I haven't seen, but I've heard really great. I things have about too. It. Wasn't she also in um Step Brothers? She was. Okay. I skipped a lot. Like there were a lot of films where she mm-hmm. was listed in mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure. This is the tricky thing <laughs> with this aspect of the role that I I take on. Yeah. Is that I see that they're in a film and I'm like, okay, like I've seen that movie, but do they have a good part? Do they have a bad part? Oh, is yeah. it like a bit part? It's just a summary. It's so fine. Just like, mm. yeah. Um, great. Well, would you recommend this? That is the age old question. I, I think it's a, it's a nice movie to watch on a plane. Um, I don't mean to like, I don't mean to talk it down. I, I actually really did enjoy myself when I was watching this movie. Um, I was watching it with like, there were like a bunch of people around and everyone was kind of like enthused to see that it was on. And like, you know, it's it's entertaining. It's a lot m- funnier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I can't, I can't really imagine like how a younger person would feel watching this movie because it, like, like I was saying, it feels more modern than a lot of the movies that we've talked about for some reason. Um, it doesn't have as many of the like campy fun like early 2000s nostalgic feature like there's yeah. not a lot of like crazy outfits like there's not a lot that distinct like that really grounds it in that era agreed um and like the i mean the premise is fun but again it's very complicated and i don't think it really pays off yeah i'm going with no okay only because i think that <laughs> If someone was like, oh, I really want to see this movie. Like, should I watch it? I might be like, But sure. I just don't think anyone would say that yeah. is the thing. I think it's a movie that, great that it's on streaming. Mm-hmm. If you like it, mm-hmm. that's great. I will not judge you for it. I'm not going to be like, ew, no. Yeah. But I'm going to be like, Let's save two hours of your life. Yeah. I'm really curious how... Um, Listeners, me too. I was I a little bit. You took the words out of my mouth. I really want to know, like, how you guys feel about this movie. Like, was this something that, w- like, you grew up watching? Do you love? Are you mad at us? Do you love this movie? Do you also feel lukewarm about it, or do you yeah, not please. have any relationship? So lukewarm. With it? So lukewarm. Yeah, I feel. I don't know. I feel bad having s- lukewarm relationships to movies that we talk about because it's like. But I think there's a lot no, of but, interesting things to discuss. It's yes. not, it was not a boring movie. No, and there's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, what are we doing next week, Grant? We are going into some real uncharted and yet super charted yeah, territory. Extremely charted over and over again. Um, we're going to be talking about the 1996 classic slasher film mm-hmm. that both Bailey and I adore, Scream. Mm. We can't wait to talk about it with you. If you have followed us from, since Resting Witch Face, you know that we did an episode about the entire series, but we're really excited to talk about the original film mm-hmm. on its own, how it holds up all the nitty gritty. Yeah. I'm so it's going to be, it's going to be a pandering episode. We're probably going to be like salivating about it. Yep. Um, but yeah, spoiler alert. We do not dislike that movie. So, but we're really excited to talk about it and Absolutely. dissect it more and especially hear your thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. As with every movie, we talk about every episode. So mm-hmm. we hope that you continue to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can follow us on social media at Teen Spirit Pod on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Teen Spirit Pod at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, feelings, suggestions, all the above. Yeah. We do watch the movies that we talk about. We do. <laughs> um, yeah, we just love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, Bye bitches. bitches.